morning. Um, this morning I'm excited to, um, to talk about something very special. Well, I'm talking about God, so yeah, I'm talking about someone very special. But um, have you noticed that in Christianity, maybe you experience it yourself a lot, but if not, maybe you, you see it a lot in people. They, they're born again, they have the Spirit of God living in them, the Prince of Peace is there, but yet they're still trying to connect with that peace. Um, the one who knows everything is with you, in fact, he's in us, but, but we, 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 we seem like we sometimes can lack direction or, or the comfort that we need in our situations like that. And hopefully what we look at will, will, will really help with this and, and we can simplify it and get, get, get really connected to what makes a heaven on earth experience uh, in our lives every day. Um, it, it doesn't mean that troubles go away necessarily. It doesn't mean that there's not uh, uh, challenges and tribulation. But Jesus said, go ahead and be happy. Be of good cheer. I've overcome all of that. And he did that by his work with his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and sending his, himself, the Holy Spirit, to live inside of us. And that would give us what we need. He said, in fact, it's better for you that I go away because if I go away, the comforter comes. We're going to talk about that, and we're going we're to really look at the Spirit and differentiate between the brain and the Spirit because I think this is where, where, where the issue really is. So first of all, um, we're talking about, we're calling him the faithful and true witness. He does not lie. He always has the truth. He always has the answer, and he always is speaking it to you and me. Uh, Revelation chapter 3, 14 says Jesus speaking himself, and he says, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, the faithful and true witness. Now think about that. The mystery that has, had been hidden, had been a secret throughout all the ages that's now revealed or unveiled to us is Christ in you, that hope of glory, the faithful and, 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 and true witness. Um, I want to read, uh, go to the book of Job, chapter 32. Now, when we look at this, we're going to differentiate between the brain <laughs> and the spirit. Now, first of all, I love the brain. I study the brain. It's magnificent. It's amazing. Uh, it's, just, it's just this remarkable thing that God created that just, it, it does more than, than we can even think of, I think. It's, 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 it's amazing. But remember what it does. Remember that it is a piece of flesh. <laughs> it's not the spirit. <laughs> it's not your soul. It's not the inner man. It is a piece of flesh. In other words, if you lay this body down and it goes into the ground to decompose, that brain decomposes just as much as every other part of your flesh does. And this brain can hold a lot of memories. It can hold a lot of things. It, and really, its, it's, it's, it's job is to to take in sensory information. God gave it to us to navigate this world that we live in. And it takes in all this sensory information and then it, it makes interpretations and it, and it, and it gives perceptions. Um, it, 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 it'll, it'll you know, lead us in, in certain things by giving us perceptions and, and um, deductions from all the information that it gets. And that's what it's doing all the time. It's, Taking in what it sees, what it smells, what it what it hears, what what it what it uh, what what it feels in the emotions and things, and it's taking all of these things and it's giving us pictures 
of what it is. And, we're do, and we use this brain to do the best we can to navigate this world. It's remarkable, but it's not God. Would, would you agree with that? The brain is not God. It is a remarkable piece of flesh. And I think a lot of times, because, because it is so remarkable and it is so important to our every moment that we operate in this world, a lot of times people don't know how to differentiate. That's a problem. People tell me all the time, I don't know if it's God or what. You know, how do you hear God? How, how come I'm having all these thoughts? I'm having all these problems, these, this anxiety. I can't find peace or comfort. I can't get direction. Uh, Born-again, spirit-filled Christian, what's going on? Well, the brain is doing all the leading, and it's trying to help you, and it's coming up with all of these things, and, and the brain is just the brain. It's not the prince of peace. So a lot of times you can't, you can't get it from here. And many times, because you've probably tried, you can't talk yourself into it. And I think a lot of times we think that, that to be spiritual, we're, we're supposed to try to have our brain talk our own brain into believing something that only the heart can believe. For with the heart man believes. It never says with the brain that man believes. Now, they're, again, not putting down the, the importance of the brain because it's, it's amazing, but it's, but it's not God. It's not, you know, the Bible doesn't say as many as are led by their brain are the spirits of God. And, uh, but it says those who are, are the sons of God. It, but it says those that are led by the spirit, the spirit. And so when we look at this, I want, us to, I want to see that how real and how simple it is to be in contact with the spirit so you can always have peace and joy and love and it's always an operation because it's there i started to say it's there just as much as the brain maybe we could say so much more because when if, if your body were to die and to lay down you're still going to be alive there's an inner man right there's the, there's the hidden man of the heart and that's who you are and you're living forever and you're with God forever, and you're with him right now. This is where you're seated with him in heavenly places. And we have this faithful and true witness, and this makes us different. In fact, Romans 8 tells us that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. And then it goes on, and it says, and creation itself, the world around us, the world is, growing, is uh, anticipating the manifestation of these who are led by the Spirit, because the Spirit has the answer for planet Earth. The Spirit has peace. Doesn't the world want peace? <laughs> The Spirit has love. Doesn't the world want love? Every individual wants that. Joy? Doesn't the world want joy? It's all right here. It's in the earth, and we, and, and, and we have it. And hopefully by what I say, the Spirit himself can show, some, can show us something that can, that can show us how easy this is to access this so we can live and manifest this in our life and, and, and then be ready to give a reason for the hope that's in us. So we, I want us to look here at, at the book of Job, <laughs> Job chapter 32, and I'm going to begin in verse 6. But leading up to this, I've got to tell you this. If you don't understand the book of Job, basically it's a bunch of trash until you get to chapter, oh, about 30, until Elihu shows up. And, uh, but you've got you to get through it. It does a good job of setting this whole thing up. But from the beginning, we see that Job is making sacrifices just in case his kids who are living in the trailer behind the house are, might be doing something bad. And Job was, was an upright, moral man. In other words, he was someone that you looked at him and you would see him as a godly person. He didn't smoke, drink, or cuss, or do it. You know, he, he, he went to church on Sunday. I mean, he was, he was, a, he was the good, more moral man. Didn't steal from anybody, uh, faithful to his wife, all that stuff. He was just upright, 
lived a good moral life. Um, he didn't know what his kids were doing, so he would make sacrifices for them. He said, just in case, just in case they're doing something bad, so I'm going to make sacrifices for them. So if they did something bad, then God won't bring something bad on them because that's the way he saw it, is that God would punish you if you did something, something bad or, he would, or, or something, you know, it was basically a belief in some kind of karma. And, uh, and we see that through this whole story, actually. And, and his whole thing was, honestly, he did not really know God. In fact, it says it later on in the book. Job admits, I, don't, I didn't know you. <laughs> but he's living this clean moral life, trying to be pleasing. But his motivation is fear because he doesn't want something bad happening to him. In fact, when bad things started happening, he said, the thing that I greatly feared <laughs> has happened, has come upon me. So all these horrible things are happening now in his life. And he doesn't understand it because he thinks he's covered all of his bases. And uh, all of his friends around, they're saying, come on, Job, this thing, these things wouldn't happen unless you had deserved it. So fess up. What'd you do? And he's like, I can't think of anything, nothing. <laughs> he goes on and on, and, and they're saying, come on. And they're, they're preaching to him, and they're condemning him. They're saying, Job, you did something. Why don't you just admit it and, and be over this stuff? And he's like, I can't think. I didn't do anything. In fact, he gets to the point, he says, listen, he says, he says, if I've stolen from somebody, then let God do all these horrible things. If I've slept with another man's wife, let God do all these things. He says, guys, I'm telling you the truth. I just didn't do any of that. I'd be lying if I said I did. He, and he goes on, he says, I would like to talk face to face with God. He says, I think I could be justified in this. He says, because it's just not fair. It's just not right. I haven't done anything. To deserve this and this, this is going on and on for 30 something chapters and there's this young man who's been sitting in the house this whole time watching all this, this go on and finally he says in verse chapter verse 6 so Elihu the son of Barakel the Buzite answered and he said listen I'm young I'm a young man and you guys are old therefore I was afraid and I dared not declare my opinion to you I said that age should be speaking and those who in multitude of years should teach wisdom. But there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. In other words, she's saying, I've been listening to you for 32 chapters here. <laughs> and, and, and you guys are older. You guys are more experienced. You know a lot more things. You've seen a lot more things. You've figured out a lot more things than I have. I've listened. I thought you guys would have the answer. Because I'm so much younger and, and so, so much more inexperienced than you. He says, and I listened and I listened and I listened. And all I heard was, were brains talking. There's a spirit in man. I've, I've been hearing something in my spirit. And I've been waiting for one of you to say it. And all I heard was brains. I just heard wisdom of men. I just heard what you figured out, what you've experienced, the way that you thought it was. I heard your brains talking to each other. But there's a spirit in man, guys. There's a spirit. There's a faithful and true witness, if you will. There's a spirit of truth. He says, and the breath of the Almighty is what gives us understanding. He says, great men aren't always wise, and nor do the old ones always understand justice. And they were talking about justice. You did something to deserve this, Job. Job said, I did nothing to deserve this. It shouldn't happen. This is a, uh, what do they call it? Uh, something of justice. What, what, what does they say? But it's just, it's not right. <laughs> he says, 
And you guys are talking about justice. And we have that a lot in the church, don't we? We have this, all of this, this we're, always, we're looking for what's just. The brain is looking for that. The brain's always looking to make sense of all this thing, to balance things, to find justice. And, it, and, and it'll work in us to, 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 be, to be hurt and get angry a lot of times because things don't look just. Oh, I could take time. I won't do it. But there's so many examples where people wanted what they, their idea of justice from God. In fact, you know, people tell me a lot of times that, you know, that love and grace stuff is really good, but, but don't forget about God's justice. And I think, I say, I, I say, well, maybe his love is his justice. Maybe his ju- idea of justice is not ours. Jonah says, I don't want to preach to those people. They'll repent. He says, isn't it right <laughs> that I should be good to those people who don't know their right hand from their left? The Bible says that, that, that he's faithful and just, just to forgive our sins. <laughs> His justice. But our justice is an eye for an eye. That, that Old Testament thing fits really, really good with us. We say, oh, no, we're not, we're not into that stuff. But the brain, that's what makes the most sense to the brain. Not mercy, not love, not forgiveness. There's a spirit in man, and the spirit of man is always about the character of God, the ways of God flowing all the time in it. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, gentleness, goodness, kindness. Oh, we're going to see something here in just a moment. He says, I listened to your reasonings while you searched out what to say. I paid close attention to you, and surely not one of you convinced Job or answered his words. What did Jesus say the Holy Spirit would do? He would convince you of righteousness so that's the story that it goes and as a lie as a lie who spoke and then he concluded his speaking then if you read the story you see that's when that's when job does see god god shows up in that situation through this and when he sees god and god can start speaking now for the first time really in this whole book just about god starts speaking And Job says, wow, I had only heard of you with my ears, but now I see you. Now I see who you are, and I'm changed. I repent. I I had this whole thing all wrong. I thought I had you figured out. I thought I had justice figured out. I thought I figured out how this whole thing works, but I was wrong about all of it. I didn't even know you. And it was by the Spirit that God was revealed to Job. Now, I want to give you some, now, I want to, before, before I do this, I want to say this. Here we are with the Spirit of God. We have the wherewithal to be the very least, least gullible people on this planet. Somebody asked me many years ago, was, was, was chosen for jury duty. And this lady says, says Rick, I'm really nervous about this because it was a, 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 a criminal trial. She says, this is somebody's life that I'm determining here. So, so I'm just, I'm afraid of making the wrong choice. And I said, you, of all people on that jury, shouldn't, shouldn't, don't have to worry about that. You've got the spirit of truth. You're going to know. You're going to know. You've got the one that causes you to know. You're, you're the one that doesn't have to worry about that. But see, the lady had forgotten about that and, and forgotten that you can know. In fact, the Bible says that you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know everything. You say, I hardly know anything, Rick. Well, your brain might hardly know anything, 
but you have the mind of Christ. Somebody's living in there. Let's don't forget that. You know, I think a big problem with that was, where, at least for me and a lot of people that I ran with, was we were so conditioned to thinking of God up there or out there or around here somewhere instead of right here in us as a part of who we are, as a part of this new creation. That Christ in us is the beginning of that new creation. But it's only because, see, this brain can be, can be, can be gullible because it's, it's going to take the information that it, that it sees and hears. It's going to make something out of it. But the spirit is constant. The spirit is truth. The spirit is, has never changed from before creation. It's always had the same truth all the way through. Is anybody Christian long enough to remember when the rapture happened back in uh, 1988? Do we have the graphics? I wonder if we, I don't know if we have those. Oh, there we go. Remember this book? 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Be in 1988. Now, this thing back then was going around, and, and I would do some traveling back then, and I would, and, and there it was. I mean, people were like, oh, it's, you know, and, and most of my Christian friends were like, hey, man, I've read it. This guy has it figured out. I mean, he had the mathematics. Any of y'all, any of y'all remember this? Y'all read, you read? He had the mathematics down. And, and to me, I'm reading this, and I, I don't know. This guy studies. He knows. You know, he might. It looks like it makes sense <laughs> to this up here, to this piece of flesh up here. <laughs> That's going to decompose someday. And this whole thing was all figured out. And if anybody was totally in their brain... There was nothing you could say against it. I mean, this guy had it covered. But there was a spirit in man. There was something about me that just wouldn't let me believe it. <laughs> there was a faithful and true witness. There was a spirit of truth. It just didn't happen. In fact, I actually remember I had actually scaled. I was speaking in a meeting up in Kansas that morning and forgot that had even been written, even though it was being talked about with people I knew every day, you know, I was talking about it with people all the time, but my spirit never really believed it. But that was one of those things. But why did Christians believe that stuff? Because it made sense to this piece of flesh up here. And the spirit of truth was never saying that, not ever, not for a moment. But a lot of Christians, they get sucked into things like that. Uh, what about uh, Y2K? Now that started out, you know, in the world with the computer issue. But then Christians got a hold of it, and it became a prophetic thing. It became something that God was doing. And I'm hearing this everywhere I go. People were, were, were coming to me after church services. Oh, 2000, and here's what God's doing. Here's what God showed me. And did you listen to this prophet talk about it? And did you watch this? And all this is going on, and I would hear it all the time. And then there was one, 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 one place where I was, I was speaking, and somebody, like they were all doing kind of got in my face and was talking about it and like, oh yeah, I, you know, I know God has showed us and blah, 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 blah. And, and, I'm, and when I'm watching his mouth move, I finally, I just said, God, is any of this going to happen at all? And I heard this sweet thing, no. <laughs> and it just, this wonderful reality just came upon me and, and peace and joy and, and just this goodness, just, just to know the truth is what, it, what, that, what that felt like. And then I stopped the guy and I said, did you ask God about any of this? <laughs> well, no, but we don't need to do that. God gives us wisdom, see? And we're, so, we're, you know, he gives us a brain to figure these things out. And I'm like, all you got to do. And so after that, I would ask all these Christians that brought it up, and, and I would say, did you ask the Spirit of, of, of God? And not one of them ever said yes. Their brain took it and ran with it. Uh, there was one after the whole thing came, and, and it came just like I knew that it would. It, I mean, 
Y'all remember, it got, it got more, first it wasn't just the computers. It was like, your cars won't start, your kitchen appliances, your, your, you can't eat cereal because your spoon won't work. I mean, everything was going to be affected by this. But the, there's a spirit in man. And so it came, and it, and it came just like I knew in my heart. No, nothing, nothing really happened at all. And I remember talking to a, a, a pastor couple sometime after that, and we were talking and laughing about all that. And I said, you, I told them what I just told you. I said about the instance where I said, I said, God, did you, is this going to happen? And I just got this no. And I said, and I said, and nobody, nobody I asked said that they had asked God about it. Nobody checked in with the spirit that lives in them, the spirit of truth that could have told us all. And the pastor's wife said this. She says, you know what, Rick? I did that too. I asked God, and he told me that, that, that it wasn't going to happen. But I didn't believe him. <laughs> and, 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 and what that is, it's not that she would say, oh, I don't believe God. But she wasn't used to hearing to the Spirit. She was all up in her brain, and so she was still in a place of trusting what this could figure out more than the faithful and true witness who will lead you and guide us into all truth. He will speak truth, and in him is no lie. Oh, I love this. I love having him in me, don't you? <laughs> I love having that spirit. I love the spirit. I love spiritual living. Then there was, um, you remember when the world ended in 2012? <laughs> and if you pay attention, the world ends about every three years. <laughs> or the rapture's coming, or somehow, something's happening. Every three, about every three or four years. So this was happening because apparently the Mayans a long time ago had made a calendar and they ran out of rune on the stone. And so our brains took it to mean that it was doomsday. It was, they were predicting the end of the world because they had all this great wisdom. See, they knew things. Um, the Mayans were a people that they believed that blood sacrifices is what kept the sun moving during the day. <laughs> But they've got all this wisdom. They know when the end of the world. Come on. <laughs> what happened? What, 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 what's going on? And Christians jump on it, jumped on it. And it was all, and it got taken into different things. Maybe it wasn't the end of the world, but it was the rapture, or it was the coming of Christ, or something. Something, it, it all became something spiritual that was just being spoken from brains. And there again, in every instance, we always have the one who knows. And that's why. John said, you know all things. Because just like we can access and ask our brain what, it's, what it thinks about this, we can also ask the spirit what it thinks. You know, Judy was telling me when she was in the acting field, they would do an exercise, like before a performance or something, whatever, where they would get in touch with themselves. And they would, they would say, now think about the top of your head and think about your, you know, your chin, your shoulders, and, and all the way down, get down to, now think about your toes, and you would connect, basically. You were connecting with those things. And I thought, you know, Christians could do that same thing with, connect with your spirit that way. Just like you can think about your left thumb right now. Think about some, something, somebody else, another part of us that's with us forever, that's just, that's just as real, and maybe I can say more real, because when the thumb is in the ground decomposing, the spirit is still, is still there. That's still who you are. You're living forever, aren't we? We're living forever, right? But there again, like the Spirit gave me witness to, told me the truth, I knew it wasn't going to happen. And I'm not that smart. These guys had it all figured out. They had all their facts and figures. I don't know. how. To, my brain doesn't. 
I thank God for the Spirit, because I'd be, I'd be lost. I wouldn't know anything if it was up to this brain. I wouldn't be able to figure any of this out. In fact, I, I tried and, was, and failed horribly at it. Oh, there's a spirit in man. Thank God for the work of Jesus, where he didn't want to just be out there somewhere to help us once in a while. He wanted to be our life. Every moment of every day, never leaving us, never forsaking us, always leading us, always being a good shepherd, always telling us the truth that would always make us free. Then a few years ago, uh, it was coming again because there were these four blood moons. I blocked out the author's names in these things because I, I love the people. I really do. I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to, but, but there were four blood moons. Now, there again, I, you know, I just, I've heard of this book. Somebody was talking about it, and I'm, and, and, and right, off, right off the bat. Now, you get to a place where you don't even have to, like, check in so much. It's just there. You just know. And, uh, but there again, I'm traveling, and I'm hearing all these things, and they've all, they're all excited, and they're all like, ooh, you know, four blood moons, and this is it, and, and all these different interpretations. But no, again. But the point I'm making is, is Christians have the ability to not be gullible at all but they've been so, they're still conditioned to operating out of this. And, and this, honestly, um, it has so many. Why do these things like this become such a big deal? Um, why, even, even now, there's things going on out there. There's information that's going out there that Christians, I mean, I, I, I'm running into this. So it's like Bugs Bunny popping up everywhere. It's just like I run into this, and everybody's bringing these things up. This information is flying around out there, and I'm like, have, and I tell, I'm doing this all the time. Have you asked the Spirit? And they're like, they don't. Christians. But they're all up in arms, and they're being led by shepherds' voices that are not the true shepherd. And you can tell the difference because the good shepherd leads you into peace, truth, love, still waters, green pastures. It always leads you into goodness. These bad shepherds that are out there feeding stuff, to us and Christians are buying a lot of it. What, what's, what's it producing? Fear, anger, hate. Many years ago, Christians figured out back in the 40s, Hitler obviously had to be the Antichrist, number one, because of how he treated, treated the Jews. But Watch this. If you assign the value of 100 to the letter A and 101 to the letter B and so on, Hitler adds up to 666, obviously. <laughs> Do we get that from the spirit? No, the brain figured that out. The brain's good. The brain will find the patterns. Uh, so that was one of the antichrists. These are just a few of them. There's so many more. Some of you can think of some that I can't. Uh, JFK. We all love JFK, I think, or a lot of us do. Uh, he received 666 votes, 666 votes in the 1956 Democratic Convention, and later he died of a head wound. Huh? Obviously. Well, no, turned out it wasn't him. Who was the next one here? Uh, oh, I remember this one. I was in a revival meeting about a man whose who's, 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 who's specialty was... Uh, eschatology and current events and stuff, and he promised that the next night he was going to show us, reveal who the beast was in the book of Revelation. It was Henry Kissinger. That night, we went to revival to hear that Henry Kissinger was the beast in the book of Revelation. He was a Middle East peacemaker of Jewish ancestry. His name in Hebrew adds up to 111. Well, no, but it's 
666 divided by 6. So obviously, it was Kissinger. We get that from, no, the brain gets that, right? <laughs> oh, here's one. I love Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan by, oh, excuse me, oh yeah, Gorby. He was a world leader with a mysterious mark on his head. Right? Huh? Huh? And it kind of looked like a six if you blur your eyes and stare at it. <gasps> and I would hear that stuff going around. Then we have Reagan. He had six letters in each name. Ronald Wilson Reagan. Uh-oh. And he recovered from a wound just like it's mentioned in the book of Revelation. Oh, Obama. Now, before you say, yeah, that was him. He was the Antichrist. No. <laughs> the day after the election, the Illinois pick three lottery numbers were, guess what? Six, six, six. Christian brains are really good. <laughs> but the spirit knows the truth. Um, the brain is a marvelous thing. To figure this stuff out, it must be pretty marvelous. <laughs> But it's not a good shepherd. It's not God. It's not a good leader. It's meant to help us. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tool that, that, that helps us facilitate, that facilitates and helps us to navigate this life. The Spirit Himself, God, Jesus, He is our shepherd. He's the leader. He's the one who leads us and guides us uh, in, in, in all truth. Um, politicians are not good shepherds. They can do good things for us, but they're not good shepherds. They don't lead us in those things. They use fear. They use shame. They use, you know, they use all the wrong, all, anything that's, everything that's not God. <laughs> um, shall I say it? Um, Q is not a good shepherd. If you don't know who that is, please don't ever find out. Oh, God. Any of that stuff. They're not good shepherds. Look what they do to people. There is a tr good shepherd. And you know, you know truth when you hear it. So much of this stuff is not. But Christians are grabbing so much of this stuff. And now we're having prophets come out of the woodwork. And I, I, even, I don't even like mentioning it, but it's, it's out there. And, it's, and, 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 and they're, they're taking information that the world has initiated about politics, and they're bringing it into a spiritual type of language. And they keep making these prophecies that don't come true. Something was going to happen by the election day. Something was going to happen before, before they ratified the count, and it didn't happen. Something was going to happen right before the, the inauguration that was going to save the day and, and get the guy that we want in, and it didn't happen. And then after all that passed, then the last one I heard was actually supposed to happen today. They said March 20th. Was, they keep pushing it back and keep pushing it back because they won't give up the false information. But today, on March 20th, it was something was supposed to happen, and then Trump was going to be restored, and all. And, and it's never true. And I knew it. From, you, we, we know this. We know this. We, we know. Come on, we know. <laughs> so, well, why did I think something? Simply because we got two 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 places to get information, and one's a brain, which can do marvelous things, but it can't. It's not a good leader. It doesn't know truth. It, det it, it determines what is truth to it just from sensory information. But the Spirit is eternal. It knows truth. 1 John 2.20 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. This is why we can always have peace. Are you guys okay? Did I mention things that made you mad at me? hope not. <laughs> oh, I did. Um, he <laughs> says, We know... 
We know all things, guys. We know. And that's why in all of this mess, and it is a mess, and I don't like things that are going on, and you don't either in so many ways, but in all this mess, there's a kingdom of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And the kingdom of heaven that's been established is planted in the earth as the seed in the heart of you and me. The Bible says, of the increase of it, there shall be no end. And of the increase of peace, there shall be no end. That's Isaiah chapter 9, talking about Jesus in this kingdom. And we are not on the precipice of losing all godliness on planet earth. It will only increase, not decrease. Hopefully, we'll lose more religion that has gotten away. But as far as knowing God... As far as God being real in the hearts of people and manifesting that, that's not. It's on the increase. It's righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Creations standing on tiptoe, one translation says, to see this glorious sight of the sons of God coming into their own, being led by the Spirit of God. So much trouble comes because we try to figure these things out and try to substitute the brain for the Spirit. But it's not. I want to finish up with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Spirit. I love the Spirit of God. I love that it can take someone that I know my brain can't figure this stuff out. But there's someone that does. That's a part of who, who we are. And we can know. We have this thing when we run into trouble in our personal lives. By that I mean some challenge, hard challenge can come up. It, you can feel the anxiety start to come in because you don't know. Your brain can't, your brain's searching now. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And it's, and it's been searching. And remember that there's a, there's a you know, when, when the Bible talks in the book of James about this wisdom from the, from the, from the world, it said it's earthly, it's sensual, it's led by senses. Senses. It even says it's demonic. It's not the wisdom from above. Says, but we have that. And there's a part of that, it's very beastly, it's very animalistic. There's a big part of it that's it's in the it's in the it's in the bottom of the brain. It's one of the most basic parts of the brain that all animals have. It's the thing that makes a deer run when it hears a stick crack. It's the thing that makes a bear rise up and anger and ready to kill if it feels threatened or it feels its cubs are. It's called the amygdala. There's this thing that kicks in. Essentially, it's the fight or flight thing. Fight or flight. It kicks in. That's usually why humans, Christian or not, are feeling to, like they got to defend themselves. Feeling they got to attack something. Feeling afraid that they're going to lose something. Afraid that the kingdom of God is being lost. Afraid that I personally am losing if I don't stand up to you. Afraid, a fight or flight. I'll either withdraw and just never look at you and talk to you again, or I'm coming after you. Fight or flight. And it's there as a basic survival mechanism that all animals have, and we began to rely very much on that when we pulled away, chose not the tree of life, which is the spirit but chose to figure this out on our own with our brain. And that fight or flight would kick in. Cain would kill Abel. We would be fighting, hating, and be afraid ever since. 
and we would sur survive simply on that. Not live, not thrive, but we would keep our existence. Jesus says, now you're ready for the tree of life. I came that you'd have life, not exist. I came that you would have life, and that life is my spirit. The life is righteousness, peace, joy. I love you guys. I want you happy every day, and you can be even though there's trouble. Even though there's ugliness in the world, sure, we don't have to like everything that's going on in the world. In fact, there's a lot of things to hate, to be honest with you. But the thing to love is a thing that God's given us, the spirit. We love living by it. We love giving the fruit of it. The brain wants to take stands for Jesus in this world. The heart wants to be Jesus to a world. But as it is written, verse 9, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That was before Jesus came. But now God has revealed them to us. How? By his spirit. This is how we know them. You feel like it's hard to connect. You feel like, how do I convince myself? You don't. You can't. It's the spirit. Acknowledge. Philemon verse 6. Philemon verse 6. Our faith becomes effective by acknowledging the good thing that's in us. Acknowledge that. You'll, you'll drop from fear and anger and stress and anxiety into the everlasting, eternal kingdom of peace. I love God. That spirit has given somebody like me a chance to live. But God has revealed him by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the Spirit searches the deep things of God because what man can know the things of man except the Spirit of man that's in him, the one that created man? Even so, nobody knows the things of God. This brain can't figure it out, especially a brain that, 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 that's mostly made for sensory perception. It's trying to figure out an invisible God. It's trying to believe in an invisible God. And that's why even the Christian will have trouble because the brain's talking and it's like, I don't see God. I believe there's, there's a God. I believe in God. I believe he loves me, but Rick, help me. <laughs> Shh. There's a spirit. It's just those two things. There's the spirit in man. Even so, nobody knows the things of God except the spirit of God. And now we've received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God, so we can know, so we can know, so we can know the things that God has freely given to us. It's beautiful, it's abundant. These things are the things that we speak, not in the words that man's wisdom is teaching, but that which the Holy Spirit is teaching us comparing spiritual with spiritual. If you don't know what that means, the word comparing is the word sucrino. It actually means combining spirit with spirit. It's not, the, it's, it's not just the spirit communicating with the brain. We connect with God through our spirit, our soul, that inner man. It is well. It is well with our soul today. Yes, our brains might have trouble figuring things out. Anxiety tries to come in, but connect. It is well. It's well with our soul. These things are the things that we speak, not the words that man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Spirit teaching spiritual, comparing, combining spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man 
it, it doesn't get it. It doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. Rick, I know God's with me, but why does it seem like I can't feel him? Because this doesn't know how to feel him. You know it. We know it in our knower, don't we? The natural man is foolishness. He's invisible. Rick, nobody can have heaven on earth every day. Says who? This? That's, this will tell you that. Ask him. Ask the greater one that's in, that's in us. And see if he says, yeah, the brain's right. I can't supply joy in this situation. I can't give you peace in this situation. Those things are foolishness to the mind. That's where it's at. All we have to do is acknowledge who we are, what we really have. And, and only the brain is telling you, it's hard for me to hear God. I, I, it, it, it's not. And you don't have to be super spiritual. You don't have to be super mystical. Throw all that away. You don't have to have 50 years of sermons. God said, my word's not too mysterious. It's not up in the heavens that one's going to say, who's going to go so high and bring that down? Who's going to go so deep and bring it up? Oh, let's go deep. We want to go deep. He said, it's near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. In all of our ways, acknowledge him. He directs because he knows. The natural man cannot know them because they're only spiritually discerned. Would you all stand up? Thank you for your time this morning. Bad shepherds. Bad shepherds. Here's how you can tell. So easy. Bad shepherds will lead us to shame, to fear, to anger, to hatred. They'll lead us into a place where the weather is bad in our minds. A good shepherd will lead us into peace. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our soul. You anxious, stressed about something? Confused, hurting about something? The restorer is here today. He's right in here. He's as close, as close as an acknowledgement. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because he's with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints our heads with oil and our cup is running over. We always have sufficiency. So surely goodness and mercy will just follow us all the days of our life. And we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, I thank you for your unspeakable gift. I thank you, Father, for eternal life. I thank you for wonderful joy and peace. I thank you for doing in us what we don't know how to do. I thank you, Father, for speaking to us what we can't figure out. I thank you, Father, for being a good shepherd and loving us and leading us and nurturing us and caring for us and knowing what's best and knowing how to do that. We just give you thanks in the wonderful saving name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you.